Hey, Mark. Did you ever have nightmares as a kid? Yes, I did. Me too, and probably because my dumbass watched this movie we're about to talk about way too young. What are we watching tonight? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awful game with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Uh, we're in full agreement on that their little teaser there, but uh, we are going back to 1984 when we were definitely indeed too young, and we are watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the Wes Craven classic. Dun, dun, dun. Jeffrey, how are you this week? It's just you and I. You excited? Fantastic. Um, I'm super pumped. I'm glad. I feel like I got to pick two movies for my birthday. So, uh, right. Um, I, that works for me. Um, where's this, where's this rank for you on like your horror pantheon of like movies? Like, uh, I mean, probably right under Scream, but I consider it, I consider this the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I don't think. There's other more horrific movies. There's other more nightmarish movies, but as far as pure scares go, yeah, this I don't one really think takes the cake. Else holds a candle to it. I really and I mean, don't. you know, Simon Harding, this guy on IMDb, he gives us this quick recap. He says on Elm Street, Nancy Thompson and a group of her friends are being tormented by a clawed killer in their dreams named Fred Krueger. Nancy must think quickly as Fred tries to pick them off one by one. When he has you in your sleep, who is there to save you? And I and that was a great question that he proposed at the end of his little, you know, uh, drop down there. And, and that's what always made Freddy so nightmarish was the fact that it was in your sleep. And when uh, if you are, I I you know I don't know if you're any type of kid or young teen seeing this movie you probably didn't want to go to sleep for a hot minute oh my god i don't and i had i mean i had nightmares as a kid anyway before i saw this thing so it just made it that much more like yeah you (laughs) i remember the first time i saw this thing i terrified i probably stayed up way too late being terrified to go to sleep okay so you when did you see this so i want to say seven or eight um Definitely a forbidden fruit kind of thing. Oh yeah, it was Same playing. Here. It was playing on TV. I um, probably like most kids today are are up on the iPads and all their parents' technology as well as they are. I knew how to work the VCR as well as anybody in the house, so I just secretly recorded it. Um, okay. Okay. Wow. So I prolonged my damn nightmare with this film over a period of time because the only time I could watch it was either early in the morning before my parents woke up or when I got home from school before they came home or if there was other 
if there were like other times that they like happened to not be around. So, A, I had to watch it without the company of adults. <laughs> that doesn't help anything. Two, it was over a series of watchings because then they'd come home and I would shut it down, you know, and uh, revisit it later. Um, it actually helped a lot when we got to the end of the movie and I saw how to finally get rid of Freddy. I was living this nightmare of this guy that just taunts you in your dreams for a couple of weeks while I tried to finish this damn movie. Wow, that's insane. That's so crazy that you had to totally sneak it that way. I had to Netflix. I had to Netflix it, basically. Turn it into uh, an episodic content. uh, Yeah, right? Uh, So I'm not sure when I first saw this movie, and I think it's because I blocked it out of my memory after the fact. So here's what happens. I see this movie at some point, either somewhere in the realm of six to eight years old. This movie came out in 84. Yep. I was two. You that's were right three. That's right my range and, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and somehow I got my hands on this movie. It was probably my neighbor, two doors down, who I saw a lot of the action movies from. So I see this movie, and it scares the absolute bejesus. I probably watched it with them, maybe, at their house. Scares the bejesus out of me. I know I'm done, right? So my parents know I'm into movies at this point. I I I can't sleep. That I'm like I'm freaked out. Till I'm like I can't sleep. I'm telling my parents about this. My parents feel zero pity for me whatsoever. They say to me, "We told you you shouldn't watch that movie. You wanted to watch it. We said you're too young. This is your own fault. I don't care that you're having nightmares." Basically, and I'm like. I was just like, oh my gosh, this devastated, right? <laughs> right. So I told my parents, I did the little white lie. I told them that a kid at school told me about the movie, and it was giving me nightmares. <laughs> was that was pretty good. That was that was good play. good thinking on your part. But so like, I I was just totally. I I think I blocked it out of my memory for many years. I don't blame you. Trauma. And then. <laughs> To the point where I'm not, you know, I didn't even really, you know, I th- maybe the next scary movie I liked was until I saw Scream in high school, right? And, and because I just didn't really watch them, because, like, you know, they weren't really scary to me, but for, for, Freddy scared the bejesus out of me. me t- I always loved scary movies, but nothing, other so, ones I would kind of enjoy, but this one... I, I enjoy I learned to enjoy it later in life for the part, part of the reason of we took part, part of the reason of my life I'm just yeah. terrified of this movie but keep yeah going. I mean yeah. one of the best one of the best three months we had was when we took our our you know our class on the horror genre absolutely and and I took it one of the reasons I took it was because I didn't have an appreciation for it because sure. I just kind of Freddie scared the bejesus out of me so I kind of just blocked that out and then the other slashers were kind of just lame to me I, they always were lame to me and but freddie always just stuck out and I, I, he's he's the og so he's scarier. on my he's on my mount rushmore he might not be for everybody but he's on my mount rushmore of scary movies for sure and and the sequels are all cheesy and they only got cheesier as it went on but yeah like, this first movie of, it's so crazy how good this one is and how bad the sequels are like yeah the, the the spread of difference I mean there's always there's often a spread with a like a move that bad sequels are made but I feel like it's like so strong on this one keep going sorry no 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 yeah I mean it's just it and what's funny is Freddie's been a pop culture phenomenon for, for the beginning of time for 40 yeah. years almost 
This uh, mostly movie blew our entire up lives. when it came out. Yeah, this movie blew we, up when it came out. I'm not and... sure there's a time since me and you were probably five or six years old that we didn't. If somebody were in a Freddy Krueger costume, we didn't know who that is. Yeah. So he's been in our life almost as long as fucking Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Like. But I feel going. like we could go ask all our neighbors and they would know who Freddy Krueger was. I feel like we could ask our moms and they would know who Freddy Krueger was. That's how iconic Freddy Krueger became. And he was so huge. I saw an article about it on Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone wrote an article about it in 88. And just about the Freddy Krueger phenomenon. And it it blew up when it came out. They didn't didn't know it was going to blow up. But Wes Craven thought it did. He had faith. And... You, you, you saw that they call it the house the, that uh, they call New Line Cinema the house that Freddie built. Yeah, because it saved New Line, right? You know, made him this, you know, tons of money. The they first were, three films. They were made a distributor him. bleeding money. They took a gamble and actually made a film. They'd never made a, actually, they'd actually never produced a film before. They just purchased and, but they were, they're dying and they're like, you know what? We have a script. We think we can do this better than others. It was like a Hail Mary they threw out. Movie remade, it remade. It made its money back in three days. For sure. And, I mean, this was the... The first three movies made New Line over $100 million in yeah. the, you know, the 80s. That's a ton of money. In fact, there might, be no Lord of, there might be no Lord of the Rings. So somebody else probably would have made it. But New Line Cinema originally helped produce and release Lord of the Rings. So the Hobbits and Freddy have bankrolled to think. that whole company. That's what I'm trying right? to say. Freddy opened the door for the Hobbits. I thought that was... Anyway, what works? Uh, so, first thing I wrote down was almost everything. You said, kind of going before this pod, this is the near-perfect movie, and I really have to agree with you. It One of the things we learned, we learned a lot of rules of how to make a good horror movie in that class. I think this film follows every one of them almost to the T. Um, wrote down four big things. The tone, the premise, the score. How good is that fucking score? Yeah, it's really good. It's spot on. A lot like, of work went into that. It's pretty hit the home run with that one. Um, and then I put Freddy. He's just a cool villain. Um, one the reason this one works and none of the sequels do is the thing that I always say over and over again. Less is more. And one of the rules we learned in our horror class is what? Keep the monster hidden. Hidden? Yeah, what's Freddy uh, in which, this for? Seven minutes? Five minutes? Seven minutes. He only yeah. has seven minutes of actual film time. 90 that's minute what, film, he gets seven minutes of screen time, and man, those are seven terrifying minutes. There, I, uh, and it's, it's what makes it so scary. Freddy's scratching the claws and kind of hiding in the corner. So much scarier than when he becomes kind of the, you know, the, the quote machine that he becomes later in, um, later in all the sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we see this right from the get-go, right? When we first see him and he cuts the fingers off when T- you know, with Tina. And like when he cuts himself and we see just like oozing guts come out. So it's uh, we know right from the get-go it's kind of cheesy, but for some reason it just works. It was still... I don't know if it was creepy to me today when I watched it because it was so creepy to me when I saw it when I shouldn't have. I, 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 I still think it comes sure. off very creepy. Oh, it does. Um, yeah, no. And, and a that's couple why of, I... Craven does a couple of things in his design of Freddy, and I don't know if you've read about this or not. He's a, kind of an amalgamation of many bad memories Wes Craven had growing up. Um, the first one being the name Fred Krueger was the bully that used to beat him up every day in elementary school. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know if that. he got. I don't know if he got his revenge making that guy synonymous with Fred Krueger, or if he made that guy famous. But I, it, uh, I like to say, think that Wes got his revenge because now that guy hears Freddy Krueger jokes the rest of his life. Um, the other, the design of kind of the way he walks and kind of the the sweater and the hat. There was a homeless guy that used to walk by. Wes Craven's house when he grew up. Oh, I saw that when he was ten. He, he remembered he would, that from when he was ten. He would he would stare at him when he would look yeah. at him out the window and just terrified Wes Craven. So that there was that combo, and then the colors of he read a article that always stuck with him about the human eye and about how it just doesn't like when you put the colors red and green together. Um, and it was talking about Christmas, but it said there's something unsettling to the human eye. So he thought that was the perfect color for the sweater. Uh, and um, I thought that was just a cool... I, I get a kick out of the fact that he was beat up by a guy named, guy named Fred Krueger all those years. And now we all know who Fred Krueger is, and he's a monster. Yeah, he um, really is. So, good for you, Wes. Um right. What, what worked for you? I okay, started... so, that, so the, everything comes back to the concept for me. This yes. whole concept of a monster being able to get you in your sleep. It yep. just works better than any other concept of any other scary movie for me ever in the history of time just because it always felt plausible. And it's, it felt well, and plausible kid, because early on... Nightmares are so scary exactly, when you're a kid. Exactly. Yes. And early on as a kid, you experience nightmares. So everything about this concept just felt plausible as a kid. Even as a teenager... Even as a young adult, but this concept that I love, I mean, he, so Craven, he got this from a news report, right? You saw this, where yeah, he sees a, you know, a, a group of men, they were, they died one in of them sleep. Being, one of them a 10 year old boy. During who, her, and they just had horrific nightmares. Yep. But no history of health problems. And they couldn't pinpoint a specific cause of death, meaning there was no heart attack or anything in their sleep. Right. They couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, the and, but so outside of the concept, the scares are just so spot on. They're so good right from the beginning. That first dream, it's just creepy. It lays the it lays the foundation. But then when Tina gets killed, can we just talk about that? When Tina gets killed, yeah, let's do it. That it's another just example of man. I saw that when I was too young. That messed me up. That messed me way up. Way, that messed me up way more than Johnny Depp's death. The way Johnny the Depp's boyfriend... death is just like a fountain. Because like, it's, it's just like, a fountain eh, of water. Oh no, it's way scary. And then the right? other dude, the other dude, oh, he just gets hung by a sheet in the jail. So the, neither the of those. The scariest death is Tina's. I Tina's is just gnarly. Tina's absolute yeah. bananas. Right. That scene is so awesome. And it here well, we are. We talk about the. Me and you were talking about the special effects yeah. before we. How and how damn good they are for 1980. This was oh, a low sure. budget 1984 film, and for sure. 1984 the same year. It looks as good as any CGI thing that they would have done with that today. I oh, like, for I sure, think. for sure. Not to mention the scene where Freddy's on fire. Right. He that that whole scene that was a that was they, they did it in basically one take where he's on fire. He's chasing Nancy at the top of the stairs. He falls back down and he starts running again. That was all shot in one take with several cameras and was the most elaborate fire scene ever filmed in movie history up until that time. And this guy named Anthony Cecere, who was the stuntman that did it, 
he actually won an award that year for the best stunt of the year for that that, that movie. Well deserved. For sure, well deserved. for sure. So, I, the only other things I have in my notes here for what worked was uh, the fact that Freddy is just these sleep attacks but they're not only these sleep attacks but i don't know if you also caught the fact that the dreams are within their same surroundings yep they're so right where they are well, so you like, never where know typically we have dreams they're in some fantasy realm like they're not normally like they're they're in, not where you are yeah no, and that's yeah the, so that just added to the scare too it just added a whole other layer as well because of that nonsense the scariest uh, freddy nightmare i ever had while i was in my uh series of watching this film i had one where i fell asleep on the couch and i i didn't know i was sleeping on the couch and freddy said hello to me um wow see was it yeah yeah see that's no fun man nobody Bastards. needs that no but that's we... that, well you bring up something good big that i wanted to bring up about what works so well in this film and i, I kind of labeled it as the tone but like to describe it better this entire film is shot like a dream. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, it, because that was his intention. It, as it, I mean, which is brilliant. It was his intention. But they the entire him. time watching, <laughs> you don't know if like they're dreaming or they're awake, and that like that adds a whole other layer of tension, especially in several of those scenes when you're like, "Wait, is she awake? Is she dreaming?" And really, the only way you ever find out is if you see Freddy or not. Okay, so you're right, but let's talk about. So all that being said, now we got to talk about the ending. Yeah, the origin that was a very fought over ending. Yeah, so the ending that we know to the the, the ending that that, that exists today, it, it, I I have no issues with it. I think it's perfect. Truth be told, I, I like it too. I hate Wes Craven's idea. I, I think it's well about awful. it just being an elongated dream. I really yeah. dislike that. I really yeah. dislike that. But um, that that idea adds to what you're talking about. Are you awake? Is my or point. Are you not? Like because yep. his entire vision was for it to be a dream. So for you to pick up on that extra that layer, the way it's layered, makes sense. Is all I'm saying is because his initial intention was for this whole thing to be a dream. And Nancy's mom doesn't die. None of the friends die. And I'm like, that's so dumb. This is perfect. The way it is, is Well, perfect. and it leave, I, the way I always took it, even if that's not how it's supposed to be, I'm just going to continue to take it this way because I love the movie, is you're not sure even at that ending. Because here's the thing. Let's say, let's say she did kill Freddy or took away his power by saying he doesn't exist, right? Yeah. You go through something like this, you're still probably going to have nightmares. Correct. So I always took it as open-ended where did she not really get with, rid of Freddy? And now she's... I Like three possibilities I always took it as. One, she's stuck in this never-ending nightmare now. Two, she actually got rid of him, but she's still having nightmares about Freddy because that's what you could have. Or three, she kind of got rid of him for the moment, but she's still having nightmares about Freddy. Like, and I so always liked that so it wasn't explained. I well, that's that. the compromise essentially. So Wes Craven wanted them to wanted to all just be, you know, some, you know, all a nightmare. He refused to have Freddy drive the car. He yeah, was the, oh, yeah, that was he like was his so, like stake his in, line the in the ground. I know. <laughs> What's so funny is he literally shot all these Indians, and they're all there on the DVD. 
as like a special feature like it's they could have it, it just the way it's open-ended like that it's just perfect that's it, a lot scarier yes exactly you can go on having you can go, yes. you can go on having nightmares about yeah exactly the nine-year-old the eight-year-old the ten-year-old and everybody was going oh jesus You've, I, she made it out of this alive, but Freddy's still around. So like you, you, it always reminded me. It always reminded me of the end of Carrie. Like, and I don't know if he was paying homage to that or not, but the scene in the garden with Carrie, her hand comes out or whatever. But it's lit very similarly and done in a that scene's done in a very dreamlike fashion. But it always. I always wondered if you if they kind of were paying homage with that with that final. Good class. question. Carrie was at least um, five years before that because I think Carrie was in seventy eight or nine. And it, but and so it feels like it might have been an homage, but I could be I, I could be wrong on that too. The other thing I want to point out that just I noticed this time, and I don't know why I never noticed it before, but one thing that's super interesting about this movie is in the slasher film or the dead tank teenager film, usually and there's a little bit of bit of this and that they have sex and then. Um, Tina dies or whatever, but usually they're surround. They're it's a bunch of teens exhibiting very bad behaviors. This film's a little bit different, where the teens are actually pretty well behaved or pretty well and upstanding, but their parents oh. are exhibiting the bad behaviors. Yeah. Um, the drunk mom, the. Never believing their kids. But, I mean, that's all part of it, right? That's right. all part of Fred's revenge plan, right? I'm going to torment the kids of the people yeah. that... Burn. And it hits, that, it hits that theme of the children suffering the sins of their parents, which is a, yeah. big, which is a very big theme throughout the uh, this film. How about when the mom tells Nancy, you just need to sleep a little, and hands oh her the bottle of... Is that rum she's handed her? Oh, my God. Dude, it... So can we, can we talk about mom of the year for a second? <laughs> okay, right. So I think I tell us your kid not that? to go to school. <laughs> tell, keep where going, do sorry. I have that in my notes? Okay, so I have that in my ponderings, and I might as well just ask you here: Are these the worst parents in film history in this movie? Like they get a nomination, right? They're probably not. That the is worst, fantastic but... because I had the same exact pondering mark. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, like they're they're, so they're, def they're definitely on the top <laughs> ten list, like all over the place. Whether it's the, the whether it's Tina's mom that heads off to Vegas with a new dude after her, right. you know, you know. Keep in mind, she's convinced that her fingernails are willing to slash holes in her shirt. Let's right. let's just you know, that, like all these things. It's usually it's a fun little twist that Wes Craven did on the horror genre yeah. because Agreed. he made like you said the kids are smart. It was than so the clever, and it the, the the parents became the miss like. The, the, the misbehaving and the uh, I just thought it yeah. was such a clever little uh, like yeah. twist on everything. Like and I don't uh, care how drunk Nancy's mom can uh, get. Is she really that? Is she really passed out while Johnny Depp died across the street and like her ex husband's across the street or and, you know, all these things and Freddie's burning around in her house like her all kids these setting things. up her kids setting up like a Home Alone set on my yeah like, right while yeah. she's sleeping yeah, I'm still wondering how she got that sledgehammer up there the way she did also but, wondering it all works. I never thought it's this great. before this film but I'm wondering if the makers of Home Alone had any uh, if they stole any of that from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street but if, I never John, if John Hughes <laughs> had some uh, Nightmare right? on Elm Street love Chris Columbus the... wrote Home Alone John Hughes director John Hughes directed it. I think John Chris Hughes. Columbus wrote it. 
or is vice that versa. It's one of the two. It's one of the two. Yeah. The other, that the other big question. The other the big movie traps do seem similar to Home Alone. That is a good what? call out. It was kind of a weird lie. It's almost like doesn't match the movie. Uh, I mean, it, it worked. It worked great. It was, it was it was fine for the story. But I was just the way she's setting them up and stuff. I'm like, wait. What? Well, it works because she realizes that she's gonna have to do this on her own. And it that's where this the theme really works for this movie. That was the next thing I was gonna get into. Was it is. It does go right back to the horror genre of um, basically it's kind of like a loss of innocence and a realizing nobody is going to do it for you. Um, and Nancy finally does succeed or gets the, as close as she can to succeeding once she realizes she's going to have to face her fears herself. And nobody, not her friend, not her boyfriend who can't even stay awake to help her, not her dad who's the sheriff, not her drunk mom although i think she gave up on her a long time ago um nobody's gonna be able to do it but her and she just basically and she succeeds when she faces her fears and then um taking the theme of fear a little bit further i really do like that line when she says i release any energy that you have over me which fascinating enough heather langclap get she get she got lots of letters from um, either like survivors of trauma, alcoholic parents, or people that were beaten, or even like gay and lesbian teens that just um, felt a lot of fear of like coming out. She got letters for years about how that scene um, where she says, I take away any energy I have given you, like really meant a lot to them. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that is cool. And worth mentioning. So what's your favorite scene in this movie? And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Yeah, it's either that ending scene we were talking about, everything from when Nancy's she kind of takes away Freddy, his basically. Basically, yeah, his power. And then I do love the just kind of the ending slap in the face where they're like, you thought you were done with this nightmare. It's like when you. It's like when you have a nightmare, wake up, you go back to sleep, and you start having the same damn nightmare again. Yeah. Um, and then also, the Johnny Depp scene's just kind of cool. <laughs> I Like, it's not the best death scene. Hey, oh, his scene where he dies? Yes, but that is one of the most memorable visuals in all of film for me. I, For whatever reason, the first time I saw I've always had it. And it's not overly gross. It's just a shit ton of blood. But it's just, it's shot in such a cool way. Um, I I like it. What what what's your favorite scene? So, I mean, we talked about Tina's death scene, right? Yeah. I, I think it's my favorite. Uh, I, well, That's fair. I'm, it's I'm not sure. I mean, great. So the scene of Tina, so where she's thrashing across the ceiling. I have a note here about how they shot it. So they, because uh, it's a crazy thing to watch. It's it, fantastic. Like you said, with no CGI. It like, you're up, sitting like... there watching, like, how the fuck they do this? Mm. So, they did this by using a rotating room set. And they what they did, they slowly spun to allow her to roll into position. But the okay. camera was bolted to the wall, and the cameraman strapped into a chair next to it. So, it just turned in tandem with the room. But the two shots were Rod and Tina, where they hit each other, basically, as Tina's on the ceiling, and he kind of gets knocked out. 
she's really just lying on the floor and he's up the dude that shot it is upside down like his hair like posted down this tape like they had to tape his hair down so it wouldn't yep. get in the shot <laughs> while he was upside down and the effect was so good that just before shooting began the dude got a he straight up got vertigo and they had to like chill my oh my life. god oh, oh no yeah. <laughs> don't you hate now was it the same rotating set that they ruined when they shot the blood one the wrong the first time and they rotated the room question. the wrong way I don't know did um, you read about that no <laughs> that was the that one thing sense. that went wrong in the filmmaking is they rotated it the wrong way because so they used 500 gallons of fake blood for that which is an insane amount of blood and they had to do it twice because the first time they did it they rotated the room the wrong way and blood just went everywhere yeah and destroyed the entire set and they had to build it oh again. my gosh um which is why that's yeah, which it makes sense. Which is why I mean, that stuff is did, done by CGI. Now. Well, they use they use five hundred over five hundred gallons of fake blood on this film. That's what they said. Yep, five hundred gallons. Five hundred gallons. Um, that's insane. That's insane. So the other scene that I really do love though is the bathtub scene. It it holds up super. It's so good. When that oh, first when so that glove cool. crawls up out of the water, right. yeah, that holds up great. That's a great scare. That's like oh shit. Well, and then, and then you think, and really then it goes back to the well. Of, and then it goes back to the well because she she dozes off just again for a second, and then he just grabs her, and yep. she's just underwater. She's woken by the maw. It blurs that reality of who, is she sleeping? Is she not? Um, and it kind of gives you a little bit of vertigo there because Freddie's clearly in there, but the mom wakes her up just enough for him to like for her to be saved. Yeah. Um, that like they actually shot that in a uh, they shot that scene. In a swimming pool, right? In a swim, they built a swimming pool, covered it completely up, and just did a little lid with a bathtub. And they actually had, they did have a stunt double for that scene, I heard, because I guess it's on those kind of swimming pools, it's really easy unless you're trained to panic and not find the tiny little opening where the bathtub is, and you can't have Heather laying in camp, um, dying on the. Uh, uh, that would not be good set you got a quote you love i just have a couple but they're good ones probably the best (laughs) one is just um whatever you do don't fall asleep right so i mean the 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 whole nursery rhyme is so classic i mean that's my favorite we're not gonna we're not gonna sing it but you know uh, one two freddy's coming for you kids used to sing this on the bus of course they and it would just drive her nuts it's drive such an eerie nuts. song and yeah. those little girls they chose to sing it like oh my god it's the best i went back and checked next to the first halloween first halloween did pretty well as well 
but it's probably the best reviewed of the of the 80s monster films uh it like it was this was roger ebert loved this movie it was very well. I mean, what's not to love? I mean, even Agreed. the little things. So even in my quotes here, I have a note. You know, when Freddie says, "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy," and he sticks his <laughs> he sticks his tongue through the phone and it touches her. That's so uh, gross and creepy. It, but it's, it's like so, the right level of like yes. camp and creep. Like it, he strikes the right tone time and time again in this film, and I think that's a good. This is a good time to point out. Um, one of the choices he decided to make, originally they were thinking they were going to get a really big guy. So actually the guy that plays Jason Voorhees tried out for Freddy. Okay. And then um, Wes Craven started thinking, and he was like, whenever there's like evil like serial killers or like child molesters who originally Freddy was going to be, but then he, there was a string of child molestation yeah. going on in the 80s, and he didn't want to... like. It just seemed like he was capitalizing on that. So they came back to that storyline in the one of the late sequels. Did they? Did yeah, they? like the reboot when they used Jack Earl Haley for Freddy. They didn't even use. Oh, okay. Robert. England. They did the, but he he went with Robert England because he said he decided whenever he sees these creep, he says they're actually more like rats than giant men, and, um, he thought that like a smaller guy could move a lot more creepy. And because it was in a dream and Freddy had powers, he didn't need to be this big menacing Hulk-like figure. And I thought that was... I I was watching the way in the rewatch, the way Robert England runs and walks. And I think he needs to get a lot of credit for how well Freddy is received. Uh, I, I really think Robert England does some cool things with the part with the little very little that he has to work with other than just being the running around scary guy right and he based that character off of two serial killers ted bundy and uh some guy named dennis raider uh, uh, he was known oh as i know the that BT, okay that's the a BTK good, yeah. killer yep uh i don't know my serial killers my my stepdaughter would know she's fascinated by my wife is history. my wife is too women in their murder and, and their murder <laughs> obsessions. I... Kind of weird, isn't it? I but... <laughs> hope I don't die in my sleep tonight <laughs> more than a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's great. One more note here. My favorite quote from the cop. Uh, you know, you won't need a stretcher up there. You're gonna need a mop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I had one more. I had one more from our boy Johnny Depp. Uh, morality. New to America. Oh. This new America was good too, but is it a good time as any to talk about Johnny Depp? Yeah. So, sure. did you see how he got this part? No, no, I did not. I did not his do first, any Johnny Depp backstory. His first role in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, okay. He was, I saw this was his first film role, right? He wanted to be. He was doing um, a lot of like, uh, like he was in like a band or something, and he kind of was. He decided he liked the spotlight. So he wanted to become an actor. So he goes with his buddy on this edition. Um, Wes Craven immediately dismiss, dismisses and decides, okay, this is not his, this is not his Glenn. Because he imagined Glenn as like the big jock type, blonde hair, blue eyes, buff, right? Not this uh, short, like um, weird kid with uh, dirt under his fingernails. That's how Wes described him. Um, but he still collects all the headshots of everybody. Couldn't quite find his Glenn. And that evening, his daughter, 13 years old, 
was going through the headshots, just looking at you know looking at dad's work. I don't know what she was doing. I mean, I think she, I think she was just like flipping through. You know, he didn't give her an assignment or anything. And she comes to Johnny's death and says, whatever he does, he has to put this hot ass guy in his movie. She said it was like love at first sight. And he said she was so enthralled with him and his look. And he was like, I don't know if he can act. He's never done it before. She's like, no, you have to put him in this movie. This guy is so hot. Whatever reason, I think uh, Wes Craven was thinking my movie needs to make money and never underestimate the uh, power of uh, teenage girls, right? Um, gives Johnny Depp a call back. He nails it. Johnny Depp is now Johnny Depp because through a series of headshots, Wes Craven's daughter decided her dad needed to hot put this hot guy in his scary movie. And now Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp. That's funny. Like, for... better to be lucky than good, right? And I think Johnny Depp's great. I'm just I did just see that. Like... I did see that Wes Craven's kids thought, or kid thought that Johnny Depp was hot. And I, mean, I think he still had him read again, but he basically got him an, at least another shot for that. Like, but she had no uh, clue who Johnny. But Johnny Depp was no, nobody. So she it was a headshot. Was just she's looking he at headshots and said, "Get this, hire this cute guy." And um, I guess two lessons there: the power of the headshot, uh, never underestimate it, and um, also, like, you just never know how you're going to get your break. Uh, but I just thought that that was. He's actually not very good in this movie. What, what did you What did you think of a young Johnny Depp's acting? Um, he's not. I, he, he does have charisma. You can see that right away. So I he can't. has his moments. Like you see that. Right. Like there's that moment where he's that scene where he's on the bridge with Nancy yep. and they're talking yep. towards the later half of the movie. Uh, it feels like that. It feels like classic depth there. I agree with and you. And there's a couple of scenes where he's on the phone with her in that scene where he's... But yeah, this some of the early stuff with the... They, I, wonder, I wonder if they shot this movie in... It's sequentially, because uh, he gets better. Because he You're right, get he gets better, better as the, as the film goes along. Agreed. And he has... A, you definitely see the charisma and the star power. But it was just funny watching. I was expecting him to... I, I wouldn't say... I feel like... like I should feel like Heather actually acts is, is the better... She feels like the better actor in the film. Um, so it's funny. You never know. Obviously, he, he gets a lot better as time goes on. But what a cool origin story. Um, it is a cool origin story, indeed. Uh, so is there anything that doesn't work for you? I... Boo! 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 I, I told you this before the pod. This is one of the hardest movies I've ever had to like look at. So there's only one thing that kind of doesn't work. But I mean, we've talked about it. It's, well, it's not that it doesn't work. I guess it's a nitpick. But we talked about why it is what it is. It, it really bothers me how all the parents suck at listening to their kids. Okay. Like, they just absolutely suck. And... I think that's intentional. I think that's... Exactly, like, that's what I said. I think it's intentional. Yeah. But God, it's annoying on the rewatch. Okay. And like, as a critical... like. It's almost like, holy cow, I get it. No one's going to listen to you. I actually really like the scene, so it's hard for me to say it doesn't work. But if I was like, if I was trying to be high. No, it's not even that it doesn't work. It works because of like what we discussed. Oh, I was going to do another. I was going to say. more of an annoyance. The stuff at the Sleep Institute kind of takes you out of the whole suburban feel of the movie. Like, I don't know that it was necessary. 
but it's still kind of cool and it's kind of cool to have that doctor say we don't know what dreams are um, right and this and day did they, really age, know, did they really not know what dreams were in the 80s i mean <laughs> were we that behind <laughs> you can just show up and you just you can just what? just walk up for that kind of appointment so the world's, right uh, i mean you stepped on well we'll just get to right to it that was my number one uh, midnight pondering was <laughs> wow she got that appointment with a with with the world's best sleep specialist really fast I can't get a dentist appointment for three months, but yeah, <laughs> Nancy. Gets, not only does she, there's no consultation. There's just okay. We're gonna hook you up to the devices and see what happens. My only theory was maybe it was one of those like weird infomercial like special places, that, and like drunk mom was listening on the radio and they're like, "Do you have trouble sleeping?" So looking at Career Corner, so I want to talk briefly, just briefly, about Wes Craven. But we need to. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a master. He, he is, but by golly, he really, if you take away this franchise and the Scream franchise, he's really nothing. No, oh, I mean, there's not much. Um, it, it's just crazy. And, and what's funny is uh, he has, some other he has nothing films. really to do with, other, with any of the other nightmares. He directed one other film. He did the and, New Nightmare, which, which actually is the second best one. Have you seen, yeah. have you seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare? Yeah. That one's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's not bad by any means. It's it's not as good as this film, but it's I that that's the only other one that I think holds like a candle. Yeah, and then um, he did his early stuff. You know, Last House on the Last Left. Last House on the Left is good. And um, uh, what is the haunt? The what's the I'm other a, one? Um, oh, what, what's the one with the little guys? The the hill I, hill. The Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes is actually a cult yeah. classic. It's pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, and I'm a sucker. The People Under the Stairs. Is people a really, Under the Stairs. <laughs> that's a really good bad movie. Okay. That is a uh, shout out to my friend Josh. Me and him love that movie. It's it's not good. But it's it's a great That's funny. Movie. So do you know where Wes got his start? Was it Swamp Thing? No, he spent his early days making porn. That's under fantastic. fake names so he was a porn director and he used and he made under fake names and then he became a teacher okay. and a university professor before he okay. even began making or no he was a teacher and a professor before he began making films then he made porn doesn't he play a professor in like as like an homage in like urban legend uh okay. i'm not sure their, but then he and then he was professor Anyway. He, he began working on film in the film industry as a sound editor. He finally got his he got his feet wet as a sound editor, and like the I don't think he went from porn director to film director. There was I a, think he went from porn director to yeah. maybe sound editor in real movies. Yeah. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I didn't do a full deep dive on Wes Craven's full porn what full history. What a full life lived, though. He, but how crazy, right? I just thought you'd get a kick out of the fact that I this guy directed porn, because I had no clue. I like medals. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I mean... I'll go first. You love this movie. I mean, we both love this movie. But I gave my bronze to Heather Langenkamp. Um, Nancy. I thought she's great. She's not too... You keep in mind, we know that Tina's 15. So Nancy's 15 or 16. We never really told Nancy's official age. I mean, Heather Langenkamp, I think she was 
18. Feels like a real teenager. She shot this. Oh, totally feels like a real teenager. Totally. Unlike totally, a lot totally. of these movies, sometimes the teens they feel more like college students Correct. than teenagers. Correct. You know, like they they're yeah. a little too. She felt Nancy feels more like a teenager than Tina does as a fifteen year old. So, anyways, back to Metal Silver goes to one Robert England, aka Freddy Krueger himself. Uh, he's amazing. He's so good in his seven minutes of screen time. He's fantastic. Like, he gets some whispers too, obviously. Uh, I don't know if that's factored into his seven minutes or not. His his little whispering throughout. He's such a creepy voice, though. Yeah, it's he, so creepy. It works. Perfectly. And you know what's funny? A good portion of the population know who Robert England is. Yeah. But I don't think a good portion of the population knows who plays Jason or who plays Michael Myers. No, and um, so many different people played Michael Myers and Jason over the That's years. That's probably why, right? So for sure. But also, I think what people know Robert about Robert England kind of makes. I mean, he has the benefit of no mask. I know, but he he just he kind of makes that character his own. He really does. He does. He, Freddy has a different layer. Freddy has some character to him, whereas Jason and Michael are always been silent. So, but that, I mean, that silence to those two, that adds a layer to them, too, in fairness Absolutely. to them Absolutely. as well, which that's for another day. But uh, my gold medal goes to Wes Craven. This is a, like we said, it's really a perfect movie. So it changed the game for scary movies. It did things that nobody had ever done. It did things that people didn't even know were possible. We talked about with the visual effects. Uh, just uh, all of it. I mean, even the end with the, with her, you know, with the bed and. The, mm-hmm. even the beginning with the where he comes out of the wall when the crucifix comes off like how cool of a shot was that 1984 they're pulling off stuff like that it, it's just uh they did a really really good job bang 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 up job and Wes Craven supervised and made sure it all went down so yeah he gets my gold medal where are you at with medals same Perfect. let's right. go um pretty similar uh, my uh, honorary mention, I'll just put a shout out to uh, Wes Craven's daughter for discovering Johnny Depp. I still think <laughs> Talent scouts all over the world haven't uh, figured it. I mean, she that girl hits a home run in her first shot. Um, bronze goes to Robert England, although I very close was giving it to the silver. Everything you said about him, um, he's just fantastic. I'm giving Heather Langenkamp my silver. Um, okay. An extra neat layer to this film for me always was, and I don't know if you know this or not, I think you do. So myself and then two of my best friends from high school, all of our mom's names are Nancy's, are Nancy. Um, We always say we're going to open a restaurant named the Three Nancy's or something like that. Um, We just, uh, and having the main character be named Nancy probably made it that much scarier for little seven or eight year old Jeffrey. Um... Also, have to reference, there's been a lot of film heroines in horror movies over the years, but only one gets referenced in an homage paid to her in Stranger Things. And that is Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. That's true, that's true. Uh, The gold medal goes to Wes Craven. How could it go to anyone else? Um, He... uh, I really think this movie is going to continue to age well and continue to be referenced as a as a classic. It actually the Library of Congress has a uh, um Yeah, the 2021 they they entered it. significant yeah. and yep. 
Um, that's a big... I bet you there's not a ton of horror movies in that collection, which I think speaks to the power of this No, film. there's probably not. I'd wager The Shining is. I think we... Halloween, think probably. Halloween um, is. Alien, I, I don't even know is. if the Friday the 13th's got in. Maybe. No, I don't think they did, probably. But anywho. What time got, is it? It's late. It is it is late. And now, I'm pretty sure there were many... I'm pretty sure there were some ponderings, because... Yeah. Uh, Freddie will keep people up late. <laughs> he will keep you up late. Well, I gave you one one already about the uh, sleep specialist. We both kind of agreed on that. Um, also wondered about worst parents of all time. We talked about that one. I did wonder, is there a shoe shortage on Elm Street? Why <laughs> does nobody wear shoes in this fucking movie? <laughs> I honestly think that's half of how Nancy beats Freddie in the end. Is She goes, oh, shit, I should put shoes on. It might just help me run a little bit. Like, is it, what's his name? Like, he's barefoot when he gets, like, arrested in the middle of the day. Why is he barefoot? I know, Nobody and would, I have in my Mark, notes, why does everyone was, suck at running? Yeah, because they're not wearing shoes. <laughs> right. Go well, back Heather, and watch this movie. Nobody wears shoes in this movie. I don't know, I know. why. And Heather Langenkamp, she, I mean, in fairness, a lot of times they're in their dreams, and they're, Wait, and like, you're gonna you are going to have shoes you're on. You're going to be barefoot dreams. when you woke up, you're in your dream. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Heather Langenkamp, she cut her foot at one point, which is why she runs with a limp in some of the scenes. But that doesn't explain Tina's slow ass in the first in the in yeah, the beginning. Really it, Tina really runs weird, which makes <laughs> Freddie run weird to offset Tina's to like, weirdness. To have to like that, yeah. He's... Yeah, I did notice that. So uh, that did keep me up late. <laughs> That's true. That's all I had. I mean, I could ponder all day about that sleep institute. There's lots of questions about. Uh, how far have they had to drive? Like, this, like, is there one of those in every town? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, did know some cool thing, but I, uh, any other ponderings? That's all I have. No, no. We got to, uh, any other uh, random uh, Freddy facts you got? Got some cool ones, actually. Um, did you know the two reasons why he chose Elm Street um, for Nightmare on Elm Street? First one's a little more obvious. Elm Street is one of the most common names for a street in the U.S. Nearly every every city and state has a Elm Street. But the other one took me by surprise. It is the street that John F. Kennedy was shot on. Really? And Wes Craven said this is a film about the death of innocence, and he feels that is when America's innocence died. Wow. I know the film makes no mention of Elm Street, which is interesting. So, uh, that's true, too. I've always thought it was a great title, though. Because it is true. Like, there's Elm Streets everywhere. You see them all the time. And it kind of works like Springfield and The Simpsons, where it kind of any town USA kind of thing. Um, we talked about the house that Freddie built. Um, did you see that... Charlie Sheen wrote, read for the role that Johnny Depp got and said he just didn't get it, didn't think it would work at all, and admits nowadays that he was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, his career worked out. Uh, Demi Moore was yeah, beat Demi out was, I saw by uh, Heather Langenkamp um, for this role. And the, r- rumors, but unconfirmed, but many people say that a young Nick Cage auditioned for the role of Glenn um, and didn't get it. So there was there was some other talent in those uh, 
in those headshots that that uh were missed. Let me let me look at my notes. See if there's just any. Thing else nope we talked about it making 1.8 million to make made 25 million made its money back in three days which that's pretty cool did you see how many people had to finance this film no there's like 10 different people that they got financing from and like people kept dropping out coming back in was supposed to cost only 700,000 ballooned to 1.8 million which like I said took three days and there are financiers that dropped out and missed out on that incredible payday because this film still makes a mint in licensing fees today. I watched it on Netflix, and I'm sure they paid. I'm sure they paid a little to uh, have the rights. Yeah, I would like to know how much uh, Robert England gets a check for, for his Freddy Krueger residuals. And he's in every one of them. It's got to like, be quite a pretty penny. I it's hey, Fred. <laughs> Freddie's been good to him. Freddie's been yeah, good. Well, to that's him. for sure. That he has indeed. So, Jeff, uh, I'm going to give you final thoughts here on your end. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen this movie, see it. It truly is a nightmare of a movie. This is one of the things I always say about the horror genre, which is my favorite genre of film. The reason so many people don't like it is it's really easy to do badly. And I think it's the hardest genre to do. So, which makes it that much more of a treat when, like this film, somebody does it right and pulls it off. And it was just really a pleasure to get to talk to you about this movie tonight, Mark. It, I mean, it was. It was a perfect hour and it reminded me, it just felt like we were just chilling down memory lane on a Saturday at UNLV. But... Mm -hmm. um, simply put this movie just really still holds up today so it does you like enjoy you can, the, that's the it, coolest thing so i encourage those that have seen it before and only listen and hadn't watched this in a while go back and rewatch it you'll uh in, enjoy the rewatch especially after listening to this and for those that watched it before and uh listen to this after hopefully you got a kick out of some of these things that you might not have picked up on or heard but uh jeff and i sure had a good time Missed our homies, but uh, they'll be back again soon. And uh, thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Tales. Take care, everybody.